I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Oz Biz Nights. To have your company for the next 60 minutes. This is a program we have dubbed The Call, where we... Uh, Take a look at 10 stocks that uh, you've recommended to us and we put them to two experts and we all do it in uh, in 60 minutes. So wherever you're watching around the country as you're coping with the uh, the new COVID restrictions or indeed around the world because Ausbiz is not geo-blocked. So if you've got friends overseas, you can tell them all always to uh, uh, to check in with us uh, here on the call. It is surprising. Uh, the number of people who tune in from overseas. So it's great to have your company wherever you are. Um, We'll get into your stocks very shortly, but let's have uh, a quick check-in with today's expert panel. Uh, David Novak from Wealthwise Education. David, how are you, sir? Very good, thank you, Kashi. How are you? Uh, Good, excellent. And Francesco Destratus from Ords is with us. Is David's compatriot on the uh, on the expert panel today, Francesco. Uh, pretty pleased after last night's State of Origin, I should imagine, being big rugby league supporter. Uh, we uh, we went a bit dry there for a number of years, so it's nice to <laughs> sort of get a few back. <laughs> yep, ex- exactly right. And um, uh, a big week on the markets as well, and a big finan- coming up to the end of the financial year. Um, David Novak, um, what is it? The, I think our market is going to be up 25% for the last financial year. Um, I saw figures out of super ratings today saying the growth option of, uh, of super funds up an average 17% this financial year, the second best year since compulsory superannuation was introduced almost 30 years ago. It's been extraordinary. Yeah, look, it's um, it's been, um, you know, where else is there to go? It's the best game in town right now is equities and, and bank stocks have been uh, leading the way. I mean, CBA, we saw hit a new record high only a couple of weeks ago at $106. Um, unbelievable. It's pulled back since then below 100. But, um, you know, it's all in expectation of, um, firstly, because there was an expectation of rising interest rates, which are which are deemed positive for banks because it increases their net margin. But um, look, while we're at this, um, you know, era of um, zero interest rates and uh, booming property prices and booming commodity prices, that's uh, the best place to be right now is the stock market until something, you know, that comes left field that we don't expect happens. That's the place to be right now. It's sticking with the trend. But yeah, it's been extraordinary. Yeah. Francesco, what are, what are your analysts at, at Ord saying at the moment? Are they Can they see this boom continuing? Has it still got legs in it? 
Yeah, look, the strategist is still fairly bullish on uh, on equities. Um, he, he's um, sticking to his overweight call on that. Look, who'd, who'd have thought 12 months ago we'd be where we are today, particularly with the backdrop in uh, you know the, the coronavirus around the world. Um, but you know, as uh, governments have done in recent times, is uh, they they throw money at the problem. They don't want uh, um, you know a, a recession on the back of their 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 reign, if you like. Um, so they've been throwing money at the problem. Central banks have been throwing money at the problem, uh, and all that money uh, trickles down back into markets. And uh, with interest rates where they are, um, as David mentioned, it's got to find its way somewhere, and it's found its way into the equity markets. Um, but, you know, that'll change sometime. There's always that fear on the horizon. People are looking for inflation. Uh, if we do see, start to see some inflation and long-term inflation, um, then we'll start to see rates rise. But, you know, we're not expecting that at least over the next quarter to six months. Uh, probably won't see that until next year. Yeah, OK. It's a, a really fascinating time. People making... Mo- Who would have thought, as you both said... 12 months ago that we um, household wealth will be hitting record levels because of increasing property prices, share prices and superannuation funds. It's just just extraordinary. The roaring 20s, they're calling it. All right, let's uh, start looking at some individual stocks before we get into the 10 stocks that you've asked us to have a look at. Uh, I choose a stock of the day. Pretty quiet uh, day on the corporate front, but I thought Gold Road could be uh, a stock to have a look at because the company flagged this morning production at its Gruyer mine in WA would come in between 52 and 55,000 ounces in the June quarter, lower on its previous forecast due to disruptions to processing, including a torn mill feed conveyor belt which halted operations. Looking ahead, the company tipping gold production for the full year to be within the lower half of guidance. Um, Francesco, um, Gold Road often comes up as one of those um, uh, preferred middle tier to, to, to lower tier gold miners at different stages here on the call. What did you think of the announcement and the stock at the moment? Yeah, look, disappointing announcement. The markets treated it uh, harshly, a bit harshly as well. So, um, yeah, the share price is... Um, uh, I suppose dwindled over the last couple of weeks. Um, our analyst has a positive recommendation on it at a buy level, um, but I hold back on that at the moment, uh, particularly after that announcement of the downgrade. Um, you look there, they're you know looking at their guidance for the full year now at the bottom end of their original guidance. So, you know, if they have another bad quarter, you know, that, that could mean that they've got to readjust that whole full year um, 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 you know, guidance, which you know, obviously affects their earnings. Their, their, their costs of production, I would suspect they outline them there. They're relatively high, but not all that high. Um, but that could increase them as well, particularly when you've got mishaps in the plant. So I, I'd be cautious there, despite our analysts having a, a positive recommendation there. Okay, so you, you'd have a hold on Gold Road at the moment? Yeah, personally a hold. And, and look, yeah. you know, this has only come out today, so... Uh, we haven't seen anything come out from our, our analyst on this one as yet, uh, but I'll expect something tomorrow. Okay. All right, David, what do you think of Gold Road? Yeah, very uh, disappointing uh, production um, uh, announcement this morning uh, with uh, the slight, uh, slightly lower production, but mostly, um, as Francesco said, the cost side. 
has escalated. So you can see this cost price of pressure uh, starting to arise, which is inflationary, of course, within the mining industry. So you're seeing a lot of cost pressure there and wages going up. So that was the main uh, impetus for the, the rise in cost, plus the maintenance, the breakdown with the, the main processing plant, um, obviously was a reason as well. But the forecast is 260,000 to 300,000 ounces for this calendar year. Um, with uh, now, with the all-in sustaining costs is at the higher end it's, it's, uh, of the range, which was, when I was just reading here, uh, between 1325 and 1475 Aussie dollars for all-in sustaining costs, which is up from $1,225 to $1,350. So, you know, quite a percentage increase. Um, so I'm like Francesco on this one. I would be avoiding it or switching out of it, actually. But this is uh, what's showing up now. In the, I expect this will show up in, in um, the sector, is you're going to start seeing price increases or cost increases as a result of high wages. Um, so, you know, I would, personally, I'd be switching after this, this announcement. Um, I would be, I, this was one of my preferred stocks in the gold mm -hmm. sector, but now after this report, I would be switching to um, other gold stocks. Okay. In, in, in that band, um, what are the alternatives? What are the ones that you like in that, that mid-range band? Well, um, West Gold Resources looks pretty good, but look, I'm, I'm, I like Resolute. I, you know, they're, they're, you know, West Africa, Mali, I know there's some political upheaval, but that seems to stabilise now. But look, they're, they're you know lower costs, higher margin. Uh, you know they have they've had their issues, but they're generating very strong cash flow. So I, I would be looking at Resolute. Um, there's Medusa Mining, which is a smaller you know 90, 95,000 ounce producer, but Resolute's uh, 350, 375,000 ounces. So you know they're getting very yeah. good costs on their margin. So that would be, uh, all, and West Gold, that those two I would be, um, I'm waiting for West Gold to have a look at their production numbers before I buy into that one, just to see what their cost pressures are look, looking yeah. like. But yeah. David, because like you've got Gold Road coming out cost pressures. Um, James Hardy the other week said we're seeing cost pressures. Um, bit of a theme of our major corporates now, whether it be mining or, or building materials or manufacturing. Reserve Bank says it wants to see wage growth you know, double around 3% what it is at the moment. Just store this in the back of your mind and start going, oh, this is becoming a theme. Maybe inflation is coming back. Oh, absolutely. This is, uh, you know, you've got to be worried about these, these cost pressures and, and for, you know, the... Right. withstand this can you hear me i think i just cut out yeah yep you're yeah. good now yeah yeah so just the um i, I think passing on those cost that's going to cause some you know cost pressures for um you know manufacturers and retailers and so you know can can the consumer withstand those those cost increases we'll wait and see but certainly it's going to put some pressure on interest rates to rise uh, i i say sooner rather than later in my mm. view yeah that sort of things are, appears to be a bit of a theme starting to spring up at the moment even though our central banks are going oh no there's there's no inflation pressure around at the moment you're just starting to see these major corporates uh, talking about it and that if that does become a trend 
uh, and the reality of the situation, maybe uh, central banks and particularly our Reserve Bank will need to start rethinking the timetable for increasing uh, official interest rates. All right, let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. And Francesco, uh, sticky in the resource sector at the moment, Richard wants a view on Pilbara Minerals. And of course, when anyone thinks of uh, Pilbara, they immediately think of iron ore, but Pilbara Minerals is a lithium and tantalum producer, um, about 120 k's from Port Hedland in the Pilbara region. They've got a project out there. Um, what do you think of Pilbara Minerals, Francesco? Yeah, look, it's, it's one of the uh, one of the only producers, I suppose. That there are a few others, but um, you know they've completed their construction or phase one uh, construction, uh, so they are producing. Um, you know, the phase two expansion um, and downstream initiatives that are working on, they are progressing. Um, look, it's, it's, we're, we're seeing lithium prices rise um, and we've seen uh, the last month, you know, um, analysts increase their expectations on lithium. Um, this one here, our analysts has got a, a negative recommendation at a sell only because um, the share price at $1.45 is well above its valuation. And that's based on, you know, the lithium price around a $410 mark and their costs of production around 383 So they see some, you know, that that, uh, that is being a bit overvalued. I think, the, you know, the market's got a bit ahead of itself. Um, if you're looking at the lithium plays out there, you know, they've got Galaxy um, as their preferred. Um, or if you're looking for something a little bit less risky and, and a bit more diversified, but got exposure to the lithium, mate, uh, mineral resources is a good way to play that as well. Um, there are risks to the um, to, to to their numbers, obviously. So if the lithium price continues to rise or rises exceptionally well, um, you can potentially see that share price continue to rise on on Pilbara. But uh, where it is at the moment and their valuation, it's it's trading slightly above it. Okay, take your profits here, but it, as you can see from the five-year chart, five-year high for Pilbara Minerals at the moment. Ord's recommendation, take some profits. David, what are you uh, thinking, Pilbara? I'm very much in line with uh, Francesco on this one. This is uh, very priced, uh, highly priced up here, well ahead of, um, in my view, it's um, it's gone ahead of itself. It's 4.3 billion market cap. I mean, the stock was 15 cents this time last year, and here we are at $1.45. Um, so it's had a fantastic run. I'd be taking some money off the table. They have just started production. They've got a goal of producing about a billion tonnes of lithium over the next few years. Uh, but right now it's about 360,000. But look, it hasn't translated to the bottom line yet. So we're not seeing it, uh, you know, positive cash flow. The cash flow statement for nine months is like showing 7.2 million positive cash flow. So you know, um, for nine months, so you're paying a four, you're paying a very expensive uh, market valuation up here. Um, you know, it's the story. People are buying the the lithium story, and you know, um, trading. You know, this the, you can see that uh, obviously there's a lot of traders in this stock. But I'd I'd certainly be taking some money off the table here for sure. Okay. All right. Thank you, Richard, for that uh, that suggestion. Good analysis from both uh, both David and Francesco there, because obviously they're and it's nothing uh, against the company itself, but when it gets ahead of itself um, and the share price is more than fully valued, 
uh, that is the time to take some profits on uh, as recommended by Ords and, uh, and David there. All right, Alex, uh, David Novak wants a view on Western Resources, the Australian-based uh, nickel producer, nickel miner. Um, it sort of has, has had an interesting couple of months as it's tried to raise some cash uh, for the Odysseus project. It was hit by quite a few short sellers for a while there who weren't expecting it to, to raise the capital. What, what do you reckon of Western areas? Yeah, look, I, I like this one. I really do. Um, this uh, In the nickel space, this is one of Australia's leading nickel producers in Western Australia, um, within the Forestania region. Uh, you know, they've got uh, long-term nickel production of 14, more than 10 years of 16 to 17,000 tonnes. They're making 100% on the, the nickel price at the moment. So, you know, they're, 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 they're all in sustaining costs is around, I think, $4.60 um, a pound when they're getting over $9.50 or nearly $10. Uh, look, the, the trend is sort of, uh, you know, it's very neutral at the moment. Um, However, I'm not adverse to accumulating shares in Western Nickel down here. They're not expensive. There's 770 million market cap, but the outlook with the you know with the, the margin that they're getting on the nickel price and the expansion, I think they raised they actually raised 85 million dollars in May. I think yeah. it was at around two dollars fifteen. So it's slightly a premium to the the capital raise. But look, I like I like the outlook. I mean, nickel is in high demand with um, electric vehicles, um, you know, and it's not overly expensive. I like the outlook of this company and going forward, um, I can see some really good positive cash generation mm. here. Right now, it's not translated. Uh, well, we'll see, actually. Wait till we, uh, I'd be very interesting, obviously, looking at their June quarterly report and their cash flow statement. So that's what I'll be looking forward to or just waiting, actually, uh, before rushing into buy. That, that's what I'd look for. Okay. But I like it. Okay, uh, Francesco, Western areas. Yeah, yeah. Look, we we like this one as well. Look, it's it's probably the only pure nickel play that you can sort of get exposure to in our market. You can get exposure to nickel through you know other miners that are diversified. But if you just want to play that pure nickel play, uh, this is probably our only way of doing it. Um, <clears throat> nickel prices, you know, been quite strong uh, along with other commodities, I suppose, over the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, you know, it's trading above eighteen thousand dollars a ton. We could potentially see that go above twenty thousand dollars a ton uh, if some of the forecasts out there in the marketplace are correct. Uh, particularly when you're looking at you know, the, the the use of the, the 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 commodity in things like batteries and that, as David mentioned, you know um, you know that could be pushing a, a slow long term uh, drive in that that underlying commodity price. Um, so we're, we're going to buy on it. Um, they do hold a lot of stockpiles as well. So if they have any issues with production, they can they can draw on some stockpiles there as well. Um, so you know, the, the, just in the March quarter, they had some planned mill maintenance going on there, and uh, you know, they, 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 the, the throughput didn't uh, suffer from that because of the stockpiles. So mm. our guys got a buy recommendation on it. So uh, yeah, we like the stock, um, and as I mentioned. Uh, you know, it's the only way to get exposure to pure nickel play. And if you don't really want to play that lithium side of it, something that's a bit more traditional, um, West Area is the way to do it. Um, share price, if you go back, you know, as you can see from that chart there, it's been a bit sideways. But um, should that nickel price, I think, 
across twenty thousand dollars a ton. I think there's some momentum in that. That'll probably drive the share price. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right, um, Alex. Uh, good question there on uh, on Western areas. Could be a good time to have a look at it, according to uh, David and Francesco. Uh, Francesco Dana wants a view on Cube Holdings, a uh, basically a, a logistics um, company uh, in the uh, for the import export industry supply chain. It's involved in the management and development and operation of uh, uh, logistics facilities. What do you think of Cube? Yeah, I like this um, company uh, more from a long term investment uh, potential. Um, you know, it, it is a logistics play, but I think it's it's more than that. I think there's there's that infrastructure um, element to it as well. If you look at the Moorbank facility, uh, that intermodal transport where um, you know most containers that come off the ships in Sydney, uh, I think something like ninety percent or more will go through their Moorbank facility. Um, that's already finished phase one, and they've sold that off. Uh, there's two or three more phases to that. So there's a lot more to, um, um, you know, cube logistics than just, um, uh, you know, ports and, and uh, you know, moving uh, goods on and off ships and aircraft. It's, uh, there's a bit more to it uh, with rail and, uh, uh, and as I mentioned, that intermodal transport. So, yes, we like it. We've got a cumulative recommendation on it. Uh, I think it's a good long-term uh, investment for for you know uh, for self-managed super funds uh, or, or you know people that don't like to take too much risk. Mm, okay, David. Uh, yeah, look, I I can't get too excited, unfortunately, about this one. When I um, look at the numbers here, I mean, five point nine billion market cap valuation. Uh, look at the, the yield of just under two percent, fully franked. But it's on a multiple of about 50 times. I mean, their half-yearly result was um, 74 million, which was up 9% from the previous half. So, look, if you extrapolate that, you're paying a real premium up here for a logistic company. So, I, I just, you know, personally, I mean, if you've got it, it depends when you bought it. You know, you hold for if you want to hold for the, you know, steady dividend. It's uh, certainly a steady dividend payer, but. Um, it's got a positive outlook, but it's just the pricing that I've got a problem with at the moment. You know, the, the, the you know, up here, there's a mean uh, average consensus. There's five, uh, there's out of uh, 11 brokers, you've got five brokers who have a hold on it, uh, two with a buy, uh, five with a strong buy and one with a sell with an average price target of $3.27. So right now it's, um, you know, where's it trading? It's around that price, I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I can't. Um, uh, it, it's just not a growth story for me. Um, okay. I'd prefer other other investments. Okay, all right. Um, Vince wants a few a view, David, on Australian Unity Office Fund, a uh, real estate investment trust, um, has a portfolio of CBD um, office blocks in Sydney, Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Canberra. Uh, what do you think of the Australian Unity Office Fund? Anything with office in it uh, seems to have been here on the outer since COVID. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, look, it's, the numbers here uh, don't look good at all. Um, you know, the average return on equity or assets, I should say, has been, you know, single digit um, below like 3%. Uh, that's really poor. The dividend yields, unfranked, 5.6%. That's okay. 
But look, it's trading at a high multiple, earnings multiple of 26 times four. It's only $430 million market cap, so quite a small real estate trust. Uh, but look, for my money, uh, they just actually, they also had a sale of Adelaide prop, uh, Adelaide and Adelaide Street, Brisbane, they sold for $31 million, um, which was equal to their book value. So look, um, their, their guidance, forward, forward guidance is about 18 to 18 cents per share for this year. So look, at a share price of what we're looking at here, um, I just, yeah, sorry, it's not not for me. Okay. I prefer other, yeah. Francesco, what do you think of Australian Unity Office Fund? Yeah, look, I'm with David on, on, on office property. I think it's um, something that um, really don't need to be there at this point in the cycle. Uh, you know, from what we're seeing, I mean, I look out the window in, in, in the CBD in Sydney at the moment. Yes, I'm in the office, but uh, I've got to pass. Um, there's not a lot of people around. Um, and there's probably going to be a, a few vacancies, uh, a few more vacancies coming up over the next six to 12 months. But look, it's, it's only got nine properties, I think, in the trust. Um, so it's not massive. Um, the the you know office, as I mentioned, could come under prefer, pressure, but they're, they're, they're good quality assets, and I believe the tenants. I think with some of these office property trusts, you've really got to look at each of the individual properties within it, um, and because it's a small one, you can probably get a look at it. The PEs a bit high for me, and you know the gearings around thirty percent, so that's appropriate for a property trust, but. Um, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm with David. I think I would be looking um, at different elements of property like industrial. But um, our, our analyst has got a, a slight positive recommendation on it. But, um, you know, from an investment point of view, I, I'd be uh, um, looking at different avenues in property. Okay. All right. So you mentioned uh, Francesco industrial property. Blake wants a view on the Centuria industrial REIT, uh, pure domestic play, industrial property, uh, real estate investment trust, uh, uh, one of the biggest portfolios um, in the industrial area. What what do you think of Centuria then? Yeah, look, this this uh, this property trust we like, we got, uh, the analyst has got a buy recommendation on it. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it is quite large, uh, but uh, yeah, they're working at a, a, about a four and a half percent cap rate uh, with 98.8% occupancy on an average of 9.7 years of lease expiry. So, um, yeah, obviously you've got to look below that, look who the tenants are uh, and understand what their positions are. But, um, yeah, that tells me that there's uh, a fair bit of um, certainty in their earnings going forward. Um, and a lot of these um, um, standard leases on... Uh, industrial are uh, uh, tagged to inflation plus rises. So, you know, you're not going to miss out on any upside in that side of it. Um, so, look, we like this one. Uh, we think uh, our analyst got a buy recommendation on it. Um, you know, as far as property trusts go, industrial is one area that I don't mind, uh, particularly with people buying uh, or shopping a lot more online. Then you've got a lot of these... Uh, um, distribution centres that come under that industrial property trust. Yep. Uh, David, what do you think of Centuria? You look at that 12-month um, share price graph and, uh, boy, it's had a great run from even just from January, February this year. Yeah. Uh, look, it's um, 
Uh, look, a bit rich for me. Again, this is a bigger trust than the one we just looked at, $2 yeah. billion market uh, value, and a 4.5% unfranked yield, 21 times earnings. It's not cheap, you know, it's, uh, but what is at the moment? There's, um, you know, when you look out there, I'm, I'm looking for value and, um, and growth, and I, I don't see it in, in this, this REIT, um, this space at the moment, this, uh, and this one is a bit better, like I said, than the last one, but, um, I, you know, if you've got it, you'd hold it. Look, I mean, it's had a great rally since the, the COVID lows there, so, um, you know, you'd hold it, but I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be buying it up here. Uh, to me, like I said, there's, um, I'm looking for other investments that's got to show higher growth. Yeah, and uh, five-year higher with, uh, when you look at that share price. All right, uh, let's recap the first five stocks plus our stock of the day. Um, stock of the day was Gold Road, uh, a hold from Francesco, uh, a no from David. He would prefer... In that, in that category, uh, Resolute, uh, Medusa, um, uh, gold stocks like that. Uh, Pilbara uh, Mining, a uh, Pilbara Minerals, a sell from both uh, Francesco and David. If you want to get into that, um, uh, that straight uh, lithium sort of uh, area, uh, get uh, the guys reckon Galaxy or Mineral Resources if you want a part of a more diversified portfolio, uh, commodities portfolio. Uh, Western areas are yes from both uh, Francesco and David, the big uh, nickel miner. Uh, Cube a yes from Francesco, a hold from David. Uh, the Australian Unity Office Fund, uh, a hold from Francesco, a no from David. And Centuria Industrial, uh, a yes from Francesco and a hold from David. So uh, Western Resources being... Uh, uh, being a yes from both goes into the calls portfolio. That's our fantasy portfolio that we've been tracking since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner NAB Trade. Uh, any stocks like uh, Western areas that gets um, uh, a positive uh, buy from both our expert panel goes into the portfolio. If the stock comes up again sometime in the future and, and doesn't get a unanimous yes, even if it's um, uh, from a, a different panel, it then goes out of the portfolio. If we check how it's been performing um, over the last week, uh, down half a percent for the month, up almost 2%. And uh, since the 1st of July last year, uh, up 34.5%. Some of the stocks recently added, uh, Samfire Resources, Bank of Queensland, iShares Government Inflation ETF, uh, Magellan Global Fund and Domino's. Uh, some of the stocks removed, uh, Oz Minerals, Internal Diagnostics and Whisper. If you want to check out all the stocks in the calls portfolio, uh, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, make sure you stay watching here on Osbiz this afternoon. Joining us uh, later this afternoon, the Chief Executive of Barton Gold, Alex Scanlon, chats with us live fresh off the company's ASX listing following a $15 million raise. So Alex is joining the team uh, at 1.40 p.m. Eastern. All right, let's head into our second five stocks here on the call. And uh, David, we kick it off with a suggestion from Eric on Mainstream Group. It's a, a fund administrator uh, for fund managers, superannuation trustees and 
listed companies in Asia Pacific area has three major parts to the business, the fund services, superannuation services, uh, and the share BPO. What do you think of Mainstream? Well, it's currently um, under a takeover, takeover offer at the moment uh, for $2.80 cash offer. Uh, the shares are trading just slightly below that at two seventy four. dollars uh, So, you know, they're, they're proceeding. There was another uh, party who was interested, but they pulled out of the race. So unless there's a better cash offer, that's the offer on the table right now, $2.80, which personally I would take um, unless there's a better offer, of course. But, right. uh, you know, it, it's, it's a premium. It's a very high premium offer. So I can't imagine shareholders not or the board not accepting that offer. Okay. All right, Francesco? Yeah, look, this uh, this company's dance card is uh, very full at the moment. Um, I think there's three companies that are, or three different parties that have been chasing it. Um, and just, I think there's been 15 separate proposals put forward. So uh, that takeover offer keeps ticking up. Um, look, we're, we're at a hold. Um, you know, if there's a, another bid that comes in, uh, and with three parties in there, you, you suspect that there might be. So um, even though the share price is trading slightly below, it's a fairly illiquid stock as well. So, um, you know, if you've got a small holding, you'd probably be okay to be selling it. But I'd be holding it and uh, waiting to see if there is a... Uh, a further a further increase in the, in the bid price. Look, two of the companies that are after after this one are trying to get that uh, international exposure through this acquisition. Um, so I, I think they'd be sharpening their pencils still. So uh, watch this space on that one. Yeah, Francesco, what's the attraction of these administration platforms? They seem to be in pretty high demand at the moment. Yeah, look, I, I think um, if you look at a lot of the platforms out there in the marketplace, yeah, they they all do something very well, but the rest of it they don't do very well at all. So I think a lot of these platforms will start looking for um, 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 competitors that that actually do uh, something very well that they don't have in their in their arsenal, if you like, or that they do poorly. Um, so I think that's the attraction. Um, and look, you know, there's not a lot of um, barriers to entry for, for this sort of stuff either. But so uh, as long as you've got those sort of technical skills and, and, and uh, financial experience, a lot of people are starting to set up a lot of these platforms um, themselves um, from scratch and then growing them over time. So, look, I, I think that's the attraction is that, you know, companies are identifying what they do well and what they don't and then trying to match uh, acquisitions with that. Yeah, it's an interesting area. A lot of activity in there. Um, uh, David Christen wants a view on uh, on Service Stream, the uh, telecommunications uh, group, and sort of specialising in in the energy and water industries. Uh, Forty locations nationwide. Um, about twenty. I, I was done twenty two hundred employees, three thousand contractors. Hmm. Yeah, look, their, their main uh, thesis of this investment thesis was really to do with the NVM rollout of yeah. the network. And um, with COVID, that's that's put that um, uh, on the skids, to tell you the truth. Their, their, their profit uh, for the half year was down 40% um, after tax profit was $16 million. I mean, the share price is just reflecting the, the impact of COVID here. 
uh, where it's fallen right from a high of nearly two dollars fifty um, at the end of last year to where it is now, which is what about eighty five cents or something I think it is. So, you know, three hundred forty nine million market cap. But look down here, there's there's about five brokers that have a price target of about a dollar thirty at the moment. But the trend is not your friend at the moment. It looks horrible. Um, I would be waiting for the dust to settle on this and, and look at their next earnings report coming up in August for the full year, which is um, due on the 26th of August. So I would not be rushing in, definitely not be rushing in to buy this stock at the moment. There could be value here, but I'd wait for that report on the 26th of August, their full year. And and also, David, uh, people have the back in the mind, um, basically MBN, coming to an end, if you like. <laughs> um, what's Telstra going to do? Um, all sorts of moving parts in this area. A fair bit of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, too too much for my liking. I'm, I mean, I'm not... Um, yeah, I, I just stay away from it at the moment. I, I like certainty more than uncertainty at the moment. So yeah. stick with that. those um, areas that, you know, businesses, there's, there's more transparency. Yep, and that is a horrible um, twelve-month chart as well, Francesco. Um, what does the odds team think of Service Strike? Yeah, look, a couple of downgrades uh, this year, and um, look, that's what happens to your share price. Um, look, I, I think David hit nail on the head with the NBN side of things, but um, I think what. Some people miss with uh, ServiceStream is that um, not only they contracted to do a lot of the installation, but they've also followed that up with a lot of maintenance contracts as well. So there's that annuity stream of income that comes from that as well, even though NBN sort of, you know, potentially struggling, um, you know, they've still got to service uh, this this network. Um, so, so there's opportunities there for for, for service stream. Our, our guys maintain a bottom, but that being said, they've maintained a bottom for a little while. I'd probably wait to see that share price settle down a bit because there is a bit of confusion out there in the marketplace with some of those downgrades. Um, and, and what tends to happen, you know, confidence comes out of the stock, therefore demand for buying the stock comes out of it. So share price will tend to drift a bit for a little while. So um, I, I think there's good long-term value there, uh, but I'd probably wait to see that share price settle down and, and uh, you know, consolidate a bit for, for maybe a couple of months. Okay. All right. So uh, not quite at the moment, Kristen. Um, now, Francesco, Sam wants a view on Ardent Leisure. The, uh, the company that's into uh, uh, theme parks and, and resorts. Of course, it owns Dreamworld on the Gold Coast. And in recent years, the focus on that and, and the issues involved there. Um, they also uh, have a group called The Main Event as well, uh, about to build resorts um, and just done uh, raised something like $80 million for... Uh, for a Dreamworld theme park to build a resort there on the Gold Coast. Um, Ardent has certainly been battered over recent years. Uh, Francesco, is, are investors starting to get a bit more confidence in it? Yeah, like the, the Gold Coast needs another theme park, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, look, we, 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 our analysts have a sell recommendation on this stock. And, and if you look at the share price, you know, the, the, it's fairly obvious, you know, the COVID had a, a significant impact upon their business. Um, and, and, you know, really, you know, the, the, those, those lows around 30 cents. But the share price recovery that we've seen over the last sort of 12 months, 
I think you'd take that as an opportunity to say, you know, there's enough there. You've got to remember, a lot, of, a lot of this spending on leisure at the moment is being driven by a stimulus, which at some point will disappear. Um, so I, I'd be inclined to, uh, even if you bought it pre, pre the, 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 the coronavirus sell-off, um, I'd be looking at saying that it's going to be a hard road ahead. Um, we've seen a, a nice share price recovery. What's that almost trebled from its lows type thing? Um, I'd, I'd be saying that, that um, let's move on and look for something else at this stage. Okay. All right. David? Yeah, look, uh, Francesca summed it up pretty well there. I can't add much more to that. It's a big sell for me. It's amazing how this stock has recovered from those COVID lows. I just don't know why people would be buying this stock up here. It's, you know, from last year. So um, I, I would certainly be uh, aligned with uh, Francesco on that in, in terms of taking money off the table selling. This is not a buy at all. I mean, you, don't, you know, with theme parks and COVID, I mean, really, um, there's better places to, to, to be right now than um, this sector, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it looks horrible. Yeah, a lot a lot of people would have seen it as sort of a reopening stock, wouldn't it? If Australians can't travel overseas, they yeah. they're gonna go go to the the tourist areas here. Um, lockdown during school holidays yet again is not going to help stocks like this. Yeah, but I think what no, you find is that's where you've seen that recovery over the last sort of twelve months. Um, but is there much you know is there much more in it? No, I don't think there is. Yeah. David, you agree? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, yeah, sorry. It, it, I just can't be there. Okay. All right. Um, Stephen wants a, um, a view, David, on the Lark Distilling Company, uh, um, one of the small caps uh, on the market, um, has um, obviously is a, uh, the name in, implies it's a, it's a craft distillery business. Um, I have investments across a range of uh, operations there. Some of the uh, the brand names, Lark, Nant, Overeem and 40 Spotted Gym Distilleries. Um, there, there are a couple like this on the market, David, are there? Mighty Craft is a, a similar one, investing in craft breweries, uh, craft breweries and distilleries. Yeah, look, this company must have just listed uh, by the looks yeah, of it, that's from, a, according to my chart last year. Yep. I mean, what a share price performance. It's it's gone up by, what, 200%? Um, it was about a dollar to where it is now. Uh, look, it, the, the numbers, I think what the people are getting excited about, I just looked at their update, their last market update on the 21st of April, and they had a very good lift in gross sales of 175% from 1.4 million um, in the financial uh, third quarter, uh, comparative third quarter of... 2020 to 2021 to almost 4 million in gross sales. Now that translates to a profit of 2 million uh, for the quarter. Now the market valuation that uh, the, is being given on this business is um, 300, I think the market cap, something like 300 million um, or thereabouts at least, just over 300 million. And, you know, their profit for the half year was five. 142,000 for the half year of December. Now, yep. even with the sales increase, um, I wouldn't expect them to make more than, you know, a million, a million and a half dollars. So you're paying, oh, sorry, 200 million. It's got a 200 million valuation. 
So you're, you're talking a price to earnings multiple of 200 times. Also, it's a very illiquid stock. There's only about 60 odd million shares on issue. And that's the other concern I have because you know certain institutions would not be interested in buying a stock like this. But again, looking at their cash flow, um, can't, just can't buy, this would be a sell for me. And like I said, the liquidity, the average traded per day is something like 230,000. So it's very illiquid. Um, so this would be a definite sell too, too high in the multiples. Okay. Uh, Francesco, what do you think of Lark? Yeah, look, um, I might just uh, prep the but Ord's uh, did a cap raising for them just recently. So, um, you know, the, I just will sort of add that to the, to, to the framework that I'm going to talk about it. Right. Um, our analysts have got a buyer recommendation on the stock because uh, they've got some insights into it. And as, as David mentioned, you know, the revenue growth was 175%, uh, which is very impressive. Uh, but I think the key to this... It's not just the revenue growth, it's the margin growth that they've achieved uh, uh, over the same period. So, um, you know, our, our analysts are expecting that margin growth to continue um, and sales growth to continue. Um, well, what we've tended to see, I suppose, over the last couple of decades is that um, younger people tend not to, uh, you know, be satisfied with your old Johnny Walkers and your teachers. They they want those boutique, uh, um, you know, drinks that um, you know that uh, makes them, I suppose, somewhat unique. So, uh, you know, there's a there's a fair bit of popularity in this boutique brewing and distilling businesses that are around the country. So, um, um, you know, we see the growth in that as well as um, you know increasing their exposures through um, more distribution centers as well so um, always likes the stock um, mainly on the back of margin increases uh, and the potential for more expansion through uh, distribution centers right have um, have you been sort of given a uh uh, a tasting pack, is that, um, have you been able to <laughs> verify the quality yeah, of the I'm, product, Francesco? Um, I, 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 um, I have been offered a tasting pack, but I'm not necessarily a whiskey drinker. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, look, uh, people that have tried it around the office uh, think that it's, um, uh, <laughs> you know, it meets their, their, their taste buds requirements. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I but, you know, like, uh, I suppose it's horses for horses and, um, you know, over time, you, you know, if we look back to when we were sort of, you know, moving around the pub and club scene back in the uh, 80s and 90s, David, you know, if you wanted a scotch, you were having a Johnny Walker or a, you know, Black Douglas or whatever. Uh, they're not satisfied with those sort of labels anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they've gone certainly very fancy and everything's got to have a story, but... <laughs> yes. uh, what a performance, though, as David was saying, um, a great share price performance for like distilling. Uh, our final stock, uh, Francesco, John wants a view on Pinnacle Investment Manager, Management, financial services company, obviously. Um, in, uh, uh, they oversee 15 investment funds that they, they look after. What do you think of Pinnacle, Francesco? Yeah, look, um, we like Pinnacle. Um, you know, it's an investment management company, obviously. Um, uh, it doesn't uh, just do the funds management. It acts as a, a, as a responsible entity as well as, you know, a corporate trustee for other types of funds. It was formerly Wilson uh, Wilson Group. Um, so we like the stock. Our analysts got a buy rating on it. 
Um, you know, if you've got look at equities, and we've talked about this earlier in the program. You know, the share price, uh, the sorry, the share markets are, are running strong. Um, you know, investors are, are piling more money in the equity markets because you know the alternatives just aren't giving them the returns, uh, and that drives the the sort of the the, the returns on companies like this. So the, the the more assets under management, uh, the more fees they generate. So. Um, we like it, um, but uh, you know, it ha share price has performed extremely well uh, with that uh, movement. But we think there's probably a little bit more in that. Mm, okay, yeah, it's had a look. It's well above its uh, five-year high. Are you, do you, Francesco, have the um, live by this theory as well that it's better to invest in the listed investment manager than the funds? that they're managing because it's the upstream parent for all the fees uh, that are going through. Yeah. So invest in the parent rather than the funds? Look, I, I do subscribe to that. But at the other, on the other hand, if, if you look at the underlying funds that they manage, the better, the better performing funds perform, uh, the managers perform well also, if that, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it flows yeah. on from... And if, if their funds are performing extremely well, uh, then the fund manager is going to perform well also. Okay. David, what do you think of Pinnacle? Yeah, look, they've been a really good performing um, fund manager. And, um, you know, they have, as you said, there's a lot of affiliates they're, they're involved in. And, um, you know, they've had a really um, big growth in funds, funds under management. Like looking at their, their interim half-yearly results, um, at the end of uh, December, showed a um, net profit after tax of 30 million. It's got two billion market cap. This is the again, sounding like a broken record, but you know, the price or the premium you're paying for the shares up here, like it's 32 times earnings multiple. Net profit of 30 million is up 120 percent from 14 million the, the corresponding period. So that's a good growth in earnings to 30 million earnings per share. 70. 17 and a half cents. So again, if you extrapolate that, um, you know, diluted earnings are about 16.7% for the half year. So really you're paying a big premium up here. Their funds under management grew by 20% by the looks of it. No, um, actually, they're, yeah, 20% funds under management, um, 70 billion. So, mm. you know, there's a lot of this is this is all tied to the markets, of course. You know that um, as long as the markets we really remain in a bull market, then you know there's no reason to sell. If you bought at lower levels, I just think it's fully priced up here. There's about four brokers that cover the stock, and they're also saying that this is fully priced on the average uh, broker target. So um, look, if you're with it, you'd stick with it. But I, I prefer to buy it at much lower levels. But it's all tied. To the, to the market continuing to, to rise from here. Yeah. Um, out of uh, the other big one, of course, uh, is Magellan. Uh, do you prefer Magellan to this? Oh, look, Magellan is more um, tied to... So we'll start with David. Yep. David, what do you think? Yeah. Um, look, Magellan's been great, but... Um, uh, it, it's had a bit of a bounce here. Again, it's tied to um, very much with the Aussie dollar and the US dollar um, because they've got a lot of offshore investments, Magellan, and particularly tied to the US market. So I would be, um, you know, that it, it's it's very sensitive to uh, what happens in the US and with the Aussie dollar as well. With the Aussie dollar coming down, that helps Magellan. 
Um, but look, I'm, I, again, uh, I, I, at the moment, um, I'm just, uh, I prefer um, Cadence Capital as a boutique fund manager myself. Right. right. I, I think Cadence, um, yeah, in terms of performance. Yeah, Francesco, Pinnacle v Magellan. Yeah, we, we, we'd take Pinnacle over Magellan at the moment. Um, look, Magellan, Magellan uh, if you go back sort of five years ago, uh, we're demonstrating extremely strong growth and extremely good performances as well. Um, and, and part of their growth came about from not only the performance of their underlying funds, but increasing mandates. In other words, you know, more investors moving into their funds. Um, and, and, you know, your, your, your mum and dad investors, you know, throwing in an extra... Twenty or hundred thousand dollars, whatever, into the into the funds is not what we're looking at. What we're looking at is when when they get a mandate from a large superannuation fund right. or a large uh, foreign corporate. That's when you start to see um, real movement in in their underlying funds under management. Um, and then you get a bit of a follow-on effect from that as well, where um, if if a large uh, investment, uh, whether it be a superannuation fund or a corporate. Um, moves into a, a fund manager, you'll find that some, some smaller ones will follow in from that because um, they've done their due diligence and they rely upon the, the larger ones' due diligence to, right. to move into that move. Um, so what I'm getting at is that they've got such a large amount of funds out of management, an extra $100 million doesn't make a huge amount of difference to them. Um, and then secondly, their performance over the last 12 to 18 months hasn't been as good as it has been in the past. Um, and look, any 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 uh, uh, investment manager is going to have its day in the sun, and it's sometimes it um, uh, you know it's going to have days where it's 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 not doing as well. So uh, I think uh, Magellan's, uh, particularly on the international side of things, probably going through that. Um, the thing to look at for them in, in to go going forward is new products, and uh, they're starting with that at the moment. But at the moment, we prefer Pinnacle. Okay. All right. Uh, David Novak from Wealthwise Education. Mate, thank you for joining us. Always great to have you on board. Pleasure. Likewise, Francesco Destratus from Audmitted. Great to have you here as well. Pleasure. Good to catch up. Thank you. Let's just recap our final five stocks. Uh, mainstream Group, uh, a hold from Francesco, a sell from uh, from David. Uh, service Streamer, no, from both. Arden Leisure, a sell from both. Uh, Lark Distillery, um, Ords um, helped float it and did a recent raising and still like it. It's a buy from them. Uh, for uh, David, it is take some profits because it's had a terrific run up. And a Pinnacle, a, uh, a yes from Francesco and a hold from David Novak. So out of today, uh, Western Areas goes into the calls portfolio. Um, if you'd like any stocks for us uh, to cover in the future, put them to our expert panel. Uh, put them in an email to us, thecall at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, you can find all the stocks in the calls portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, don't forget you can uh, to subscribe to the Ausbiz newsletter for your complete wrap up of the day of what's uh, happened on the markets and in business news. You get Scuddy's view, you get a link to the Close of Business podcast, also links to the most popular videos on the platform and subscribe osbiz.co forward, forward slash the COB. A quick programming note for you, join us later this afternoon, Chief Executive of Camplify, 
Justin Hales will join us live hot off the hills of the company's market debut following an $11.5 million cash injection. Uh, Justin, Chief Executive of Camplify, uh, will be quizzed by the team at 3.10pm Eastern this afternoon. So a lot happening as always here on Ausbiz. You don't want to miss a minute. We will be back after the break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 